Blog Talk Radio. Oh, I love so, Devin. Um, he was like I, my big brother. 
Yeah, Devin's awesome. He uh, used to work for the Dallas International Film Festival, and he just he does conventioning up and down Texas. And I just wanted to give him a shout-out and thanks for being such Thank a super you. fan and being the first person for listening to us and giving us a plug. I also wanted to thank Nathan Hamilton and Eric Polk for also giving us shameless plugs. They've been listening to our show and letting people know that we're actually good, which kind of blows my mind considering all the technical problems I've been having. <laughs> but thank you guys. I appreciate it. I'm not I, good. I, I don't know what to, you're talking about. <laughs> I also wanted to congratulate James Harris, uh, our own Doc Terror, and uh, his wife, Nicole. They just had their evil genius over the weekend, Nora. So we have another sexy Aww. witch coming to us. To, uh, and uh, so congratulations, guys. We're very happy. And, 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 and he's very good at producing cute section wi- sexy witches all through his house. I mean, it, it's very adorable. So uh, congratulations, James and Nicole. We love you guys dearly. Um, let's see. They still haven't called in yet, so I know that one of you just saw it follows. Yes, I did. So I don't know. So have you seen it still? No, I have not. Please tell me more. Uh, I need oh, information. Well, I I went into it blind. I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't read any reviews. I had just heard the buzz, and usually I try not to read too much information about horror movies especially because I want to go in with as fresh a palette as possible. So we watched it and you know it's really um it's really slow. It moves kind of like a a drama, like almost I don't I can't really I can't really describe anything like it. It's just it's very slow moving and atmospheric and um creepy really creepy like <laughs> last uh, was it last night or the night before after after we watched it and we went to bed and I, I sleep with my arm extended under my pillow like underneath my head and the <laughs> the curtains in our bedroom blew with the fan and brushed my fingertips and I jumped I was terrified. <laughs> I had to roll over and think some happy thoughts so that I could fall asleep. So, yeah, it was effective. <laughs> that is the best way to promote a film ever. <laughs> so very, scared. very effective. <laughs> oh, it's so well. I, I enjoyed it. I, I completely you enjoyed it too? myself. Yes, I've seen it. I saw it in the theater. My husband and I actually went on a date and saw it. It was a great date. Cuban food and a horror film. It was awesome. And um, I I will say I love, love, loved it 100%. I think there's a lot of weird questions I had, especially about the monster's behavior. Not with the monster's backstory. I don't give a fuck about monster's backstories, especially in old school slashers, which this is so modeled after. It was more about, like, the logic involved, <laughs> like, some logic questions. But the film itself, and you nailed it, like, there's a there's a ping of foreboding all through the piece that just kind of holds the whole thing, makes it heavy in the best possible way. Because you're just, you're just, like, you you it's very interactive, even more so than a paranormal activity movie, which I detest, by the way. Uh, but oh, I hate them. But it's interactive. But they're interactive that way, though. The interactive part, you know, mm-hmm. you're always looking in the corners. You're always looking over people's shoulders. You see someone walking in the corner of the screen. Is that 
the bad guy? Is that just the student? We don't know. Oh, my God. You know, it, it, it comes like that. That and the score, which is absolutely so far my favorite score, 2015. I have yet to get a better score. And I'm including, the, I'm including the Avengers in it, even though the Avengers score is totally fun. It's exactly what you want. But uh, if the it follows has absolutely one of the greatest slasher um, scores I've heard in a while. And you can all listen to it on Spotify. So definitely go on Spotify and stream it because it's worth listening to. And you can. There's also a limited edition vinyls out there, I believe, of it as well. And I know a bunch of my core friends have been snatching those up as well. So Oh, cool. Uh, good movie. I'd also thought but it was we, brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant way to do a monster movie on a budget because there were absolutely no special effects needed at all. I just thought it was great. Yeah, it, it was. it's one of those films to give low-budget filmmakers hope because, yeah, there is no budget in this film, even less than the Bob and I. And, and, uh, and basically, it's the person walking is your, is your antagonist. Doesn't do anything else but walk. It follows. And it could be anybody. <laughs> it could be anybody. It could be anybody. Oh, man. Oh, man. So you just have to cast a whole bunch of random people, and that's it. I thought it was so brilliant. It's also completely set up for a sequel, and they have Greenlit, the sequel, by the way. So uh, in a year or so, there will be another one of these. Yep. So cool, cool, cool. Well, Um, I thought there was a really cool theory about it, but we can talk about that on another show if you want a theory about Um, what it was all about. And I thought it was just going to end, but that's cool they're doing a sequel. Yeah, um, actually, I think it kind of earned a sequel in its own way, the way they kind of set it up. And, yeah, we will talk about this more later. Um, I think it's not next episode, but I think in two episodes we're going to do a show about modern film distribution, and it follows will definitely be a centerpiece to that because that gives you some time. Uh, Miss Miss Queenie, a month or so to watch It Follows uh, because It Follows basically broke the mold of film distribution and and threw it away. <laughs> so uh, so we definitely will be talking about um, It Follows and its success later on in a further um, episode. It is now 9-10. Our, our, um, oh, yes, right on time. One of our people just called in. You folks out there in television and radio land, if you want to call in, our phone number is 646-716-9172. And I'm going to bring on one of my experts. Oh, both of my experts are on. Uh, I actually am not a Marvel fan, per se. I, I, I appreciate Marvel, but I, I was always more of a DC girl. I know, I know. Well, no, I, 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 I love some of it. I did read The Uncanny X-Men, okay, but who didn't? All right. And, uh, you know, That's and, and, and I love Spider-Man, so I, I, but I am not really an expert on this, so I brought in some help. So let's call okay, for my first guest, and let's see. You, hello, you're live on the air. Hello. Hello. Is it me? Ah, yes, Hi. I'm going to introduce Hi. you. I was—I don't know your phone number, so I was thinking that was you, Paul. So um, this is, is my me. first guest. So let's let me give you some music because you deserve some hey, music. Paul. Here. Not my Paul. This is a different Paul. But this oh. Paul—he lives in Flint, Michigan. He's a published author, and he's a columnist for Rumor Magazine and an editor of Halloween Machine Magazine. 
he does Michigan based school cast podcasting himself as a member of the Flint Horror Collective. So today he's going to talk Marvel with us and his favorite fictional character of all time, he says, and he, is, he definitely means all time, according to him, is Spider Man. So please welcome to the show Mr. Paul Canelli. Did I say that right, sir? Yes. Welcome, Paul. Hi. Yes, welcome. Hi. Yay. You are my friend. So, how are you doing? How was your week, sir? Great. We always ask that. You're doing great? Going well. Going well. Going very well. Sounds great. Oh, excellent. And um, so are you ready to talk some Marvel? Always. Okay, well, great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to our, introduce our next guest, and we're going to jump right into it. So my second guest, she's lives in Clinton Forge, Virginia, and she's a regular... East Coast Horicon Circuit regular, so she's there all the time getting, helping out or, or attending, and she's also a partner in crime for my Horicon Engineering, so she's also, we, we, we do some naughty stuff together. Uh, she's also going to be my my wingman at BromiCon this year, so woohoo on that, because I'll need some help. And uh, she's also the self-professed super fan of Marvel Universe in films and in cons. Uh, comics, and as soon as she found out Infinity War was going to be a movie, she hasn't been, we haven't been able to hold her down ever since. So please introduce, welcome to my show, my sexy witch, Erin Showalter Armentrout. How you doing, lady? I'm good. How are you? Welcome. This is like your first podcast, is it not? Yes, it is. Fresh me. Wow. Well, welcome. We are popping Erin's podcast cherry and I hope you enjoy your show, yourself today. So absolutely. I'm ready to get How's into your this. Week? It's it's been crazy. Crazy? With crazy mothers, good my, and bad. Yeah. You know, it's busy end of the year, school year kind of stuff. Oh, well that's not so bad then. So uh we have a couple of students online here with us, with her kids, and then my kids isn't in school yet. She doesn't start till next year, but Jenny's also in college, so yeah, busy time, always a busy time in May, and uh, we've got a busy show because there's a lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right into Marvel Comics, and um, first, let's go ahead and just, like, grab the bull by the horns and just face up front. Let's talk about this friggin' annoying Scarlett Johansson, Bruce Banner, Black Widow controversy. Oh, and I'm using that in, the in room. quotes. In quotes, the elephant in the room. The room that, that the, may, uh, the, the, the mountainous molehill of, 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 of exactly. anger and oppression <laughs> and shock I'm, from fanatics, from feminists. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Disappointed. Uh, there are disappointed people, too. And let's go yeah, ahead. Fine. Let's jump right in, Queenie. Get on your soapbox, girly. Let's see how you're disappointed. Go ahead. Well, Black Widow is made to be the awesome, you know, icon for all the women to look forward to and to, you know, cheer on. Like, yeah, we could be her. She's fucking awesome. You know, she's, she's a normal human being, but at the same time, she's enhanced because she's been, like, trained to be a killer. And she's awesome. And then what? They suddenly put like a love story in the second movie in Ultron. Like, what the hell was that? What the hell was that? We didn't need that shit. <laughs> why does women, why do women always have to fall in love with the heroes? Right? Like the guy heroes. No, we don't need oh. that. We can be heroes on our own. 
We have seen each and every one of the heroes in Love Story, though. And she wasn't the only one that they gave a love interest in the backstory, too. They gave one to Hawkeye as well it's to humanize yeah. him. It's it's just so ridiculous that feminists, like, went crazy over this. And you have to remember that a lot of the time... A lot of the filming filming process, Scarlett Johansson was pregnant as well, so it's not like she could, like, do a whole lot. But, you know, they gave them backstory, because otherwise they're just faceless robots. But the backstory they gave to Black Widow is very different than what Hawkeye got. Do you understand the difference? Like, she was pretty much shoehorned in to be with Hulk. There was no signs of her in the Hulk beforehand being a thing. She liked him. She thought I actually disagree with that, Queenie. I don't think it worked. it in the first movie. I don't think so. I mean, you could say that. You could say some of the things were... But she Mm -hmm. works with everyone. And you yes, remember that, that all of this comes from comic books, and comic books are basically teenage boys' version of soap operas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because Black well, Widow was involved with so many different heroes in the books as well. So, it's, I mean, it's not uncommon in the slightest. That's or true. Surprise. That's true. That is, part, that is part of her story. She's she's kind of she's been that she way in worked. the comics. But also, she's the only female character, so they, they sort of project everything on her, you know, that they yeah. want to portray to, uh, you know, as a woman in the audience, to the audience. So everything, she has to be the strong character, the strong female character, you know, the the love interest Some, female character. Someone that women can and, relate to. Someone right. can so throw the witches for most of brought Scarlet Witch in. So. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. No, I haven't seen Age of Ultron. I haven't seen Age of Ultron yet, and I think that a lot of people are mad because of this this love story that got shoehorned in or the comment that she makes about being sterilized and not being able to have children. But I think that people were really upset about this thing in Age of Ultron because they were upset with the first movie about how she didn't get enough screen time anyway. So in Age of Ultron, if she didn't get enough screen time and then this is all they're doing is showing that she's... But but she actually, if you do, I watched the show very carefully, and of all the Avengers, she gets like the second or third most time on film. She's actually a right. main main character in Age of Ultron. She's on right. it the most. She also gets a central action piece, a really good one, by the way, which is another. Yeah. We'll jump into that and the and the and of course, as Paul knows, there's this big toy controversy with that sequence. Yeah. And I, we'll I talk saw about that. that. I have too. something to say about that too. Oh, I'm sure everybody does here. That's why I'm hard. Now, um, but uh, I want to say, first of all, and Paul, can, he's, he's the really hardcore Marvel geek here. I believe, if, uh, through my research, that Black Widow was sterilized in the comic books, that this is yeah. not actually a diversion for her character that is actually no. faithful to her character. Right. Well, well, they make a, made a big deal out of it, but really to what I got out of it was that it's anything against her will. It's not yep. necessarily the sterilization, which is what people were taking away from it. And, you know, I, I can yeah. understand that. But it's just that something happened against her will. That's that's horrible. You yeah. Know? I think people that, focus, that's how I took it. I think people focus too much on the fact that she was sterilized and ignored the actual last line. Cause I, I went and saw her right. on the second time after. You know, but right before she said, you're not the only monster, it said, 
she said it made killing easier. You know? Yeah, right. Everyone said it, it wasn't that when she was sterilized. It was that she felt she was a monster for how she, easy she, she found angry. killing. Right. I thought that was right. a beautiful scene, actually. I like that. I scene. actually yeah. think it was the strongest scene in the whole movie because at that moment yeah. you needed to beat because we were in between action pieces. And that whole stop, and, and, and it's very dangerous in a film like this to stop action. Matter of fact, they mm-hmm. almost blow it with this whole side thing with Thor and this pool, and, and Josh Whedon decided yeah, that you can read hard. about why he just, yeah, it just didn't fit. Uh, but the whole scene with Hawkeye in the house, away from off the grid, really gave them time to develop some character. And I love Josh Whedon's dialogue. I actually, I'm a, I'm a huge Buffy fan from the beginning and, and, and Firefly oh, and yeah. all that. And it was a true Josh Whedon moment, I thought. You know, two characters talking yeah. and finding truth in each other's fate. And no, Relating it was not. I, yeah, they completely relate to each other. And, and, and you know, and, and here is Bruce Banner considering equating women with, with, with uh, having children is normal, right? And he yep. can't do that. But he doesn't realize, you know, they doesn't realize people are faceted. And even <laughs> you can't just assume because she's a woman she wants children. She doesn't want children. She wanted the option to have children. She just likes that the choice was taken away. And uh, right, who, who exactly. wants that to happen? Uh, Scarlett Johansson herself said that in an interview I read today, that she, that's how she took it. They were very, very conscious of those scenes, but yet still, with all this going on, you also have people accusing her character of becoming a damsel in distress, and which I also disagree with, because that sequence is short. Wait. <laughs> really short. Um, and she comes to the rescue of everybody. Yes. She's the one she's who... The who exactly. I didn't see that at all. Yeah, I didn't see that damsel in distress thing at all. Oh, no. no. Yeah. There's, I think uh, there's a Scarlet lot of heavy lifting. Really. Scarlet Witch is an underdeveloped character. Yeah. But I like that they gave her a choice, though, at the end. Hawkeye looks at her, and he's just like, here's where you decide what you want to do with your life. Do you want to be whimpering in the corner, or do you want to get up? And I like that she gets <laughs> Right. Up, you know? And it, right. that was really powerful for me. You know, feminist me. I love when he, when he looks at her and goes, I'm shooting, I'm killing, I'm like, killing robots and I'm using bow and arrows and none of this makes sense. That was the best Hawk, line yeah, of the whole they, movie, they gave, I thought. They gave Hawkeye great that, personality this time around. Yeah, he was a lot better this time. <laughs> Definitely, you know, he was and, a lot better think, this time. And, and, you know, here we are talking about two of the characters that don't have any superpowers compared to the other yep. groups. Everybody else is these fantastical characters, yet you have these two almost, and I can't say ordinary, I have to quote that, ordinary characters in the middle of all this craziness. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so it's kind of neat because they are humans. You got to remember that they're actually the most human. Thor's not human. Uh, you know, yep. Tony Stark is Tony Stark. He's human and all, but, you know, he, he, he's a rich Playboy millionaire, he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard as a battery. I also like, like. I also wanted to point out at one point they hint that Scarlet, that Scarlet, not Scarlet Witch, I'm sorry, um, Black Widow and Tony Stark did it. It's very subtle, but it's there. Oh. And so watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> I would not be surprised. I, I, yeah, I doubt that she would have, like, hooked up with him permanently, but, you know, nah. we're wrong. Hey, <laughs> you know, she's got needs, right? And, yeah, that's you know, part of her job. And she, she's slept with many stuff. men. 
Mm-hmm. Some of the exactly. flirting with uh, with Hulk and some of the flirting and everything, it did kind of feel a little, I guess, kind of hurried, maybe a little yeah. sloppy. It, it didn't quite feel right to me. It didn't. It, it felt kind of like they were not shoehorned, up. but huh? they were trying to jump into the middle of right. tension that we didn't get to see build up. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it didn't all However, the way you work know, for they, me. They, they don't have a lot of time. I mean, once again, we're talking about spectacle. True. We're not talking about a drama. I mean, Grant, not every comic book film can be like the Dark Knight and, and just blow our minds with, with, with depth, okay? <laughs> you know, and I don't even go to Marvel for that reason. Uh, you know, oh, I no. tend to go to yeah. DC for more complexity than I do Marvel. Marvel characters, there's a larger group of them, but let's be honest, especially Spider-Man's rogues gallery, <clears throat> Paul. Uh, <laughs> I love Spider-Man, <laughs> but his rogues gallery has never impressed me, ever. <laughs> oh, come on, no. No, <laughs> I, mean, I, I like disagree. a few of them. I know come you on, do. <laughs> the Dr. Octopus character in Spider-Man 2 is probably one of the best villains in, in all the movies. Oh, yeah, yeah Doc Ock is oh, awesome. That was a great portrayal. Yeah. Doc Ock really is awesome. Him. I do give you that. I I even like Electro sometimes, but I you know right. Rhino Man, Sandman. <laughs> even though Sandman is just Rhino. You know, I just, <laughs> yeah, it's just Rhino. You know, it's just Rhino Man. <laughs> rhino. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of, it's like okay, you know, but he has, but then again, to to defend Spider Man, he has a lot of bad guys he fights, so you guys gotta happen, you know. Well, Spider Man like, just so needs many. to come home to Marvel Studios. That's just it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what's so awesome. Secret Wars yeah. is coming out in a couple of years, and he's gonna cross over and be in that. So hooray, hooray! The real question is, is who's gonna play him? Who would you want? Here, let me ask the, the panel here. Who would you want to play him? Hmm. Oh my God, that's so hard. Yeah, it I, is hard. I can't. I don't Toby know. Tobey Maguire is too old. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, like or maybe Andrew like Garfield is too emo. Yeah. Well, that's Peter Parker wrote him, though, you know. was too was too Twilight esque. I mean, yeah. his his Spider Man was good. You know the banter. Yeah. Oh, great. His Spider-Man but the Peter was Parker was terrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was that's how they wrote him though. You know, I think he could have pulled it off. You know, if it was uh, better written. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, a long time ago, I wanted. Uh, I don't know the kid's name, but it was the guy from Drake and Josh. But I think he's too old now too, probably. Yeah, he would be. I, I actually am not sure who's going to get that role, and I do think it's going to make or break if. if uh, Spider-Man continues to, and eventually, because I would love to see eventually the X-Men be incorporated into the Marvel Universe along with Spider-Man, and uh, that's the easiest way to have all of it is to do a big X-Men, you know, battle. They need to work out some kind of percentage sharing on profit so that you can have those characters. Yeah, there's just such a, a... there's ill will between those two studios, so it, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. If it does, it'll be a long time. No, it's going to be a long time, but we still have Spider-Man to look forward to, and that's cool. And and honestly, I actually really love the X-Men movies, actually, um, and I don't wouldn't change them. So, uh, you know, I like it, it, X-Men to me has always been 
like I said, the only ones I've really read, I talked about this, I read Uncanny X-Men. That was probably the only comic book series I read, and I read the Dark Phoenix series for a while, but I was introduced mm. to it by the TV show first, and oh, then no. I went back to the comics. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so well, it was kind of a big surprise. <laughs> I was like, too, oh, you know, a total culture shock when I actually opened up an X-Men comic. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is a lot deeper than I was expecting. <laughs> so, right. uh, you know, but I, that but, was basically uh, you know, but a take on racism. I'm sorry, I said it was basically it, it, a take on racism and uh, uh, bigotry. You know, that's what Stan Lee awesome. had in mind with the first X-Men Pre- comics. Yeah, prejudices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, prejudices. Period of all kinds, right? So as that, it is that, a lot heavier. And I love what they've done with the X-Men movies recently, too. I mean, they're just fantastic. I can't wait for Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, that was great. The quick Who was the big person? They just just announced a major casting. What was the big big announcement casting-wise on X-Men Apocalypse this week? There was a really big casting announcement. I don't remember what it was. Do you guys remember? I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. I don't. I'm going to Google right now. Yeah, me too. I'm very um, I'm very disappointed. Hugh Jackman said he won't do it after Wolverine three. Oh yeah. But he's been oh, in there you know, for 15 years. I know, and he's getting he, older. He, you know, it, it happens. But but it now it's completely impossible. It feels like to imagine anybody else. That's true. Right. He's done the role oh, the so big, much. The big announcement was Oscar Isaac is going to play Apocalypse. That was the big announcement. Oh. And Sophie Turner oh, from oh, Game of Thrones is going to play Jean Grey, which I think is actually an amazing choice. Oscar Isaac yeah. is really, Great. really talented. <laughs> and so I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him in the X-Men movie. Uh, so, uh, you know, he did Drive, and he was the star of Inside Lewin Davis, which is Owen Brothers' last film, which was pretty Freaking awesome! And I just saw one of the best films of 2014, and 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 he in that too. It's called The Most Violent Year, and it's about the politics of building stuff in New York City. It's probably the most honest movie about New York City I've ever seen in my life. That you have to pay all the like all the all the politicians, and then there's the gang members, and this guy in the middle who just wants to build buildings. <laughs> and it's really really good. So I highly recommend that. So. Um, uh, so Oscar Isaac, yeah, that was the big. And he's also going to be in uh, Star Wars Eight as well. So uh, he's going to play Poe Dameron, which I don't know that character at all. Which is actually it's in the new movie. Yeah, yeah. So he's in, he's in Force Awakens, and he'll be in both seven and eight. So look for Oscar Isaac to be a household name very soon, apparently. <laughs> so awesome. uh, so okay. So let's continue a little bit more about Scargill and the toy line. And um, so I don't know if everybody knows, one of the other controversies coming out of Ultron is that they decided not to do a, Scarlet, uh, a Black Widow action figure. And uh, yeah. you can't buy her, but you can't even buy her in the box set for the Avengers. All the other Avengers are there. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and, and then there's also... Um, a, like I said, a major sequence in the movie where she's on a motorcycle. And it is actually one of the best action sequence pieces in the whole film. And there's some really amazing stunts. And uh, they took her at, they built the, the, the cool motorcycle, but the action figure is Captain America, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah so, 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 
technically it's Captain America's bike. I mean, he rides right. that thing everywhere. He was in it in the first uh, sequence of the oh. movie. Right, it's their version of a But the fact that it comes with the plane signifies uh-huh. that the, you know that it should be a Black Widow figure. Right. Right. So and, and there should be some Black Widow figures at least. I mean, I mean, I have a six-year-old daughter, and that's what she wants. She wants the Black Widow right? action figure, you know. She wanted the, the motorcycle. Girls, she they wanted want, all that. Right, the little and girls, they want their character. Exactly. Well, not just Black little Widow. girls. I mean, I remember my cousin Ian okay, was fully into Star Wars. <laughs> and he collected, like, Princess Leia and, and all mm-hmm. of the other Star Wars characters, just, to, I mean, along with the rest of them. Or Absolutely. when you collected G.I. Joe's, you got Scarlet yep. and, and Lady Jane. got to have Scarlet. Yep. And I you had a whole bunch two of words. I have two names for people that keep complaining about women action figures don't sell. I don't want to say Evelyn and Tila. Exactly. <laughs> they were two of the largest mm. selling action figures of all time, and they're both women. And that was from the He-Man collection, which, by the way, I had the He-Mans and the She-Ras. Um, so, because uh, I've been collecting action figures more than comic books. That's the, where I went with it. Uh, so I, yeah. I don't completely agree with, with what Marvel and Hasbro and them say about women don't sell. Sometimes that's true, and I can understand them well, wanting to make smaller batches of the females, but to completely right. excise them. And the same thing with the Leia dolls, the Star Wars. I cannot believe that they were going to they were they were going to have no Princess Leia dolls, and then they decided to have them, and then they decided again, oh, no, we're not going to have dolls because some corporate country is saying it's not going to be cost effective, and there's not one but three women in the new Star Wars movie, three that are playing main characters. So why aren't we getting action figures? <laughs> It's got to be because Disney thinks they don't have to cover it as much because they have the princesses, so they have the girl market, quote-unquote, uh, cornered already cornered. You know, yeah. for them, you know, because they, they figure they'll be competing against themselves or something. I don't know. That's a, the best I can come up with on it. I don't know why you would do that. It's ridiculous. There is yeah. something behind the scenes going on with Disney and Marvel. Um, uh, Hasbro yeah. owns the marks to Marvel, uh, action figures and things like that. Well, it used to be that Disney was uh, contracted with Mattel, who does Barbie, but that contract right. suddenly disappeared, and in 2016, Disney also goes to Hasbro. So suddenly, right. you've got, uh, you know, and Hasbro knows how to market to girls. Heck, they know how to market yes. girls' dolls to boys, okay? So, right. um, so maybe this is going to change a bit once Disney dumps over, but... You know, I, I don't know how to break their, this old school thinking. I mean, you got to remember that the people that are executives to these companies are baby boomers still. There's not a lot of young people yet. So Good maybe their, their thinking point. is a little old school. Um, It's not necessarily even old school thinking, really, because of all the dolls they had in the 80s, you know, in the hmm. 70s and 80s. It's, it's more of a modern... Um, a problem, I think, with uh, political correctness. You know, if this, not if wanting this, if, boys to have girl dolls and this whole, ugh. Yeah. If the Avengers came out in, in, like, the 90s during the Buffy era, I actually think we would be getting more female action figures because that was a oh, popular yeah. thing at that time. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, we had Buffy and you had Xena and you had all these really hardcore warrior geek women on 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 the <laughs> air, and they were action figures for those those characters, and they sold. So I I would think that maybe that would be different, but something's happened in the last since 2001. I don't know what happened other than you know obviously did that elephant in the room, but uh, I don't think I'm doing anything with action figure. <laughs> but you know, last 10 right. years, 15 years. And just the market for that stuff died. I mean, I go to comic book stores, and they do have really nice high-end scar, you know, scar yeah. images of Black Widow. And, oh, there's a beautiful, the DC Bombshells line is absolutely amazing. I love the DC Bombshells oh, yeah. line. And I, would, I want to get yeah, a Harley. So, oh, my God, Harley. I, I actually want to design, I'm, I'm writing a screenplay, there's some cosplay, and I want to design my heart, my three girls, Harley, they're going to dress as Harley Quinn, Catwoman, and um, <laughs> and so he's nice. He's based on the bombshell because I just love those awesome. outfits. And it's, so, oh, and it's an 80s slasher, and it, they're family clad. It'll work. But I don't know. It's just the whole thing is like, first of all, I think this controversy is not a controversy. Uh, I think after the movie is set uh-huh. for a while, all these arguments are going to disappear like all the other arguments that keep coming out. You know, like the Fantastic Four, for example. I finally did see the trailer, and they do justify a multicultural family in that movie. Once they justify yeah. it, go for it. You know, uh, you know, it, it, you know. I do think um, maybe if they hadn't justified it, it might be a questionable because it wouldn't be honest to the source material, but the justification is completely sound, and who cares? <laughs> you know, this right. day and age, everyone right. has mixed families anyway. So, uh, right. you know, I, I, I'm, and honestly, who cares about Fantastic Four? Bring on France, Secret Wars. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, Fantastic Four is, and the comic books are good, but I've never really been a huge fan of any version of Fantastic Four oh, that's existed. They've all been awful. So, the, t- the movies have been yeah. terrible. <laughs> Especially the first one, the first one they made just to keep the rights. That's one of the worst movies ever made, but it's so much fun because it's so bad. You know, it's legendary yeah. for its badness. <laughs> At least they were trying with that one. I don't even think they tried with the first remake. And what was it? Like the one with uh, what's her name in it? Blanche. Jessica Alba. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. we want to talk about Even, like <laughs> poor portrayal of a female character. <laughs> I mean, that's really? so <laughs> So I, I was like, you know, and, and the other thing is, is like, you know, you gotta remember these are comic book movies, and and we can't read too much into them. The characters aren't supposed to be that faceted. What makes a comic book different than a movie is that you have time to develop. Same with a TV show. Right. You can develop your characters yeah. at a much slower pace. But in a, in a movie, you don't have that. And comic book characters are drawn rather broadly anyways. So Scarlett well, Johansson's said, character, you know, yeah, oh, it, yeah, she you, looks just like if put her against Catwoman. Same character, right? <laughs> I mean... You could argue that Marvel kind of dropped the ball on that, too, because they had a chance they could have made a Black Widow movie and fleshed out the character a little more because we have emotional attachments to the other members of the team because of their their movies, like Iron Man, Captain America. Yeah. You know, they have all these amazing films, and, and Black Widow just kind of gets her – she gets good storylines, you know, here and there, but and it's still – we're not seeing this multifaceted. Story. 
Right. I think they right. had a cameo. They had plans for a Black Widow movie up until last year. That's when they, they, they were it. looking at. Oh, really? Yeah, they were looking at a movie. It got it got development. That it dies and it came again and it died again. Oh, and they were also right trying on. to develop a TV show for her for a while. So were you know, they? Right. But we got Agent. Yep. Yeah, right. they were. I um, think it's not personally so nice though. I think that. Agent Carter fills that void. <laughs> so yeah. Like here, yeah. here's an example. Black Widow is in a couple of films, right? She has two films to develop character. That's it. And you know, explosions take away from that time. Here we've got Agent Carter, which is arguably one of the best shows on television right now. Definitely. And that's because yeah. you have time to develop to, to develop Agent Carter uh, and make her yep. a really well fleshed out character. And the show is fully kicking it. I'm not even a fan of the. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I do like Carter. I thought that show surprised me on how well-written it was. So, okay. Yeah. A lot of the comic book writers themselves are, are, you know, they're actually really good writers. And uh, sometimes when they take these, the, the movies, they don't use enough of the heart of the comic book. And I think that's probably a, a little bit of the issue, too. I mean, a lot of the, the, the way some of these writers write these characters, they, they just nail it. And there's no reason to change it other than, well, let's change it, you know, <laughs> for the movie. So I would say Avengers think, does actually honor the source material. Go ahead, sweetie. I, I think that the reason Black Widow got kind of shut down as a movie solo is simply because she's been around since Iron Man 2, and they've got so many other people to introduce before they go into the Infinity War because that includes so many heroes. Yeah. Yeah, and look how organically they introduce these characters usually in the flow. And like I, how they introduce Vision so well. Uh, in exactly. the, in the oh my God, Ultron. that was amazing! I was so yeah, it's so, so funny. Well I had no idea who Vision was. I had never come across that character before. I, I told you stuck at Marvel. Uh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I recognized the person. Uh, I recognized Paul Bettany immediately, but I. I I was like, who is that? Am I supposed to care? Uh, he's got a cave. Yeah. I got a little excited when I saw Vision. I won't lie. <laughs> I, was like, I think it's absolutely yeah. wonderful that, you know, Iron Man was 2008. Paul Bettany has been voicing Jarvis ever since then. And they found yeah. a way to incorporate Jarvis into the Vision, yeah. and they got the same man to play him. I mean, he's been doing well the character for so long. He, he, you could arguably say that Jarvis actually had more character development than some of our Avengers. (laughs) 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 You could make that argument. Uh, Yes. Yeah, you Uh, could actually make that argument. Matter of fact, Jarvis happens to be one of my favorite uh, creaky computers right now, sentient computers. So, uh, you know, he's a little snarky. He's cool. And, you know, he's a good foil to to uh, Tony Stark, you know. He always Absolutely. Place, you know? <laughs> so I really appreciate I like that. I like his humor. Yeah. Well, Lydia, Lydia had mono humor. last week. So oh, I spent the that. entire... Yep, she had mono last week, and we spent the entire week off that she had from school completely watching the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe over again. Hmm. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and then I took her to see Age of Ultron on Sunday for Mother's Day. So we we had a fun week. <laughs> Albeit sick, but Right. 
well, it's like soup for the soul, right? So exactly. <laughs> there you go. And so no, no, we had we had great purpose. It was like, okay, what comes next? What makes sense? What what's the order here? <laughs> I was like, I think you should watch Guardians of the Galaxy after Avengers because they have that spoiler scene, you know, with the collector at the end that kind of right. takes you right into Guardians. So that you, yeah. because it's so out of place. And another, them. Guardians is another example of how quickly they can develop characters if they write it correctly. Oh, because right. by the end of that movie, you care about those characters, which is some of them characters are so bizarre, you're surprised that you care about them, you know. Even so though that, I love the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy is my favorite Marvel movie thus far. I, I love it. It's a great movie. I, I like I, the I movie, but once again, it. I didn't. I never came across Guardians of the Galaxy as as a, as a source material, so I had no basis for yeah. comparison. Um, but as a film, as it, it reminded me of when I went to see Star Wars at four years old. I can imagine some mm. little kid out there seeing Guardians and just being, you know, forever changing their destiny, which is what Star Wars Absolutely. did to me. So, oh yeah, yeah I would see have that. that same vibe, that action, topic. the snarky characters, and and all the all their interaction, really well-developed characters. And, and, and funny, because I, mm-hmm. I, Bradley Cooper, I used to not be a fan of. I used to annoy me all the time. <laughs> you know, I like, I, <laughs> but I will say, he's grown on me over the years, and boy, Rocket was just so great. I couldn't believe how wonderful mm-hmm. this little CGI character was and how fleshed out he was and how much I knew about him. You know, just for a little amount of time that you have on screen. And, and so, but, you know, we're talking about two of our better genre writers. We're talking about James Gunn and Josh Whedon, who, by the way, don't like each other, exactly. apparently. Uh, <laughs> so there's, and their writing stories are different, yet they're kindred spirits, and I wish someday they but would Gunn, get along. <laughs> yeah, Gunn still defended him. He still, he still defended him, which I thought was pretty cool. You know, Absolutely, uh, you need a defending. I mean, I uh, do you have some of those tweets, Jenny? Did you finally find some of those? Yes, you were looking I do have show? some of those. Can you Where read a few of the tweets to Josh Whedon? The <laughs> tweets to Josh Whedon? Yeah, they're terrible. It's just, it's they're really horrible. just they're a terrible. bunch of. Yeah, it's just a bunch of fanboys getting their panties in a bunch. It's just what happens on the internet. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, one person says. <laughs> It really is. Just people say, I dislike you, won't be getting any of my fucking money because I unlike him and actually care about the characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, Someone says, Joss Whedon talks against... Yeah, Joss Whedon talks against misogyny. Joss Whedon is the master of misogyny. Oh, jeez. That is so bullshit. Yeah, people are just grouchy and... Which for years they have heralded his feminism. Yeah. Yeah. You know? it, and it wasn't just from feminism. He has to write a character too, you know. He, that's one thing about it that, you know, and I, and I would never defend any kind of misogyny. I, I hate that. But uh, he has to write the character the way he would write a male character. That's what he tries to do. Exactly. He tries to not differentiate because of their gender. He wants to make this a believable character, period. You know, and whether like it works I, or not is up for debate, but that's what he's thinking right. going in, you know. Like, I don't think he was being misogynistic at all, all right? I'm a feminist, no. I, you know. but right. I think people love to throw that word around. They do, but they I don't do, know what it definitely. means, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about equal rights. That's what it's about. And it, I have this debate with like, my husband you know, all the time. You know, it, it, let's just let's let's put Natasha in a real life situation where there's these guys and she's a cobalt operations in a in a war. Let's say let's put her in a real army, okay? Which is happening mm-hmm. now, by the way. Women are in combat situations. Men cuss, Absolutely. they sit, they pee out loud, and it has nothing to do with misogyny. It's just men, men being men, with right. guns, having a good time, you know, drinking beers, and, and you know, and there is lines to cross. But you know, if one of my, you know, you, these guys are fighting for their lives, and a little dirty joke between people is is not such a big deal. You know, there was this whole thing where uh, what's his name, Gary Renner, right, called. For a slut on on a talk show, is that right? I believe he did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But like, he was just joking but, around or something. Yes. Well, a hot guy would be the only person that could get away with that. Right. <laughs> so that's his character uh, in the comic. He's actually kind of like that. <laughs> and they established yeah. that hot guy and Black Widow are friends. You know, like they they're longtime friends. Right. So yeah, they might say stuff like that to each other, you know, like, hey, jerk, hey, yeah, you know, like, they're friends. Yeah. I said that it was I mean, dumb. It, I don't it, think he should have done it. <laughs> he should have done it on air in front of, like, no. maybe on live television because people would just took it right. out of context and ran with the ball. But, you know, at the exactly. same time, like, you know, I, I, I like, my husband is not very nice to me sometimes. We say some horrible things <laughs> to each other, but that's because we have a history together. And it's, and it's like, marriage. you know, there's a, you right. know, there's a trust level, though. And words yeah. are just right. words, ultimately, when you have that kind of level of trust. And, and there's oh, no yeah. way that Hawkeye and Black Widow don't have that level of trust. They would, they've been in the trenches together. They know each other's moves. They work together on a regular basis. I would say that they probably call each other names all the time. You they know, pro- she's yeah. the only one that knew about the family. You know. Yeah. They knew it was well, going to be know, funny to I, her, you know. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have to be careful. Like I said, there is a line, uh, and you know, right. I, no, I, I'm sure if someone walked up to Scarlett Johansson or Natasha Romanoff and called her a slut to her face, they would probably <laughs> she'd probably smash him in the head, and he they it's would murder. Context is everything. <laughs> you know, it they is context is absolutely everything. So, um. Paul, let me ask you, because we're getting close to the end. We're going to do a community calendar in 10 minutes, and you all are welcome to stay online if you want while I do that. Um, but I wanted to ask you what – we're going to start with Paul, and then we'll go with Aaron. What are what are you most looking forward to, either can be comic, movie, or anything else in the Marvel Universe in the next couple of years? Oh, my God, it's all about Spider-Man Civil War. I mean, Captain America Civil War. What did I call it? No, it, it's Man. definitely yeah. Spider-Man's <laughs> going to be a Captain America movie. There's a Civil there's War. There's Civil War and there's Secret about. Wars. <laughs> Captain America, Civil War, starring Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Deadpool myself. I'm hoping Ooh, yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, I'm keeping a yeah, Tell me about Deadpool. Um... What's his name? Ryan Reynolds is doing it, which yeah. I think is uh-huh. a great choice because even Looks though they fucked so him up, like even though they fucked it up in Oregon, <laughs> you know, yeah. they had yeah. the right idea. He has the personality to be Deadpool. He's hilarious. Definitely. He's snarky. You know, if they don't hold back with Looks the violence. Looks just like him in the costume. Right? So if they don't yeah. hold back 
they let him just be fucking Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, I, I'll i be okay with that. I'll be okay with that. Okay. It'll be my squee movie. You know, I'll have my little fangirl. I, I love this. The set stills of him pretending to give birth, uh, to deliver a child, and laying out <laughs> on the couch in his costume. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Where he's posing in front of the fireplace. Oh. Sitting on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, the no, I, I, See, that's it, what I want. Best, More of that. <laughs> best viral campaign I've seen in a while. I have to admit that other than the yeah, Star definitely. Wars. Yeah. One, but, uh, as long as I keep doing uh, that, so, I'll be happy. Well, hopefully the movie is as irreverent as the campaign. Right. Um, for me, I'm really, really looking forward to X-Men Apocalypse. I'm so mm. looking forward to Civil War and the Infinity Wars. When Thanos mm-hmm. got gaunt, when the Infinity Gauntlet out, I was just ecstatic. <laughs> and I'm sitting here trying to think, you know, what all's going to happen because he's got to actually get his hands on the gems now, and, and just to do that alone is going to be insane. Yeah. I just can't wait to see it all. It. How it folds. How it there are lots of questions. Exactly. They set a lot. They set a good a good uh, setup with for all of that to work. So and, and hopefully they can pay it off. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, the one I'm the most looking forward to is Guardians of the Galaxy too. <laughs> In the next couple stuff. of years, I'm I just I'm really watching James Gunn's updates, and I just can't yeah. wait to see more. You've so arguably always been a James Gunn fan anyways. So. I'm a big yeah. James Gunn fan. I got to meet him. He's he's wonderful. He's great. That's awesome. Well, that, Aaron, I didn't mean to interrupt. You had another point? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's live t- on radio. It all happens. And I talk it's over more, everybody. But I'm just going to move on. I'm sorry, the only people I'm looking forward to Ant-Man. Ant-Man, woo! Ant-Man, woo! I love the trailer. I love the Ant-Man trailer, but people hate it. I just thought it was really cute, and I love Paul Rudd. Me too. I think it's going to be funny. Who doesn't love Paul Rudd? I have a feeling it's going to be a surprise hit. Like, people are going to go to it the first week, and it's not going to do well, but everyone's going to go, wow, this is fun, and then it's going to do really well the second week. Just wait. That's my I, 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 think, so, I, I always know, tell my wife that Paul Rudd's sexy, but she doesn't believe me. <laughs> Why? He totally is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I, he was, I've been he in love with that man is. since Clueless. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually looking forward to the Affinity Wars. I really think that even though I'm not a Marvel fan and I just understood what the Infinity Stones were, I didn't even know what they were until Aaron told me what they were. <laughs> yeah. I just like, like a lot of plot device. Yeah. But, but, but I do know who Thanos is. And Thanos has always been one of the better villains in, in the Marvel Universe. So, you know, he's the big bad, ultimate boss man. So, you know, he reminds me yeah. of Apocalypse in the DC Universe. Matter of fact, they even designed very similarly. And, uh, you know, they and are. so I'm looking forward to them, but it's going to be a lot of movie. I mean, two, two and a half still hour films. That's the one thing I would complain about these movies is a lot of them are too darn long. And then, and I, yeah, I have a tolerance for a movie. But no, I, I would be willing a movie. to see things done properly. I would be willing to sit through four hour movies with intermission, like the old days. You know, yeah, going to the cool. style. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 
If they would do it like uh, Lord but, of the Rings with that much dedication. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I'd sit for four hours. <laughs> I heard the director's cut of Age of Ultron is three and a half hours long, so they did try to trim it <laughs> at least somewhat. It's That's a three hours and movie. fifteen minutes, actually. Wow. Yeah. I read that today. That was That's you big. know, I would like to see an unedited version then. I do, I want to mm. see that. Hopefully they release it. Actually, it's funny. Josh Whedon said he would only add two minutes. He wouldn't wow. put the whole thing That's back depressing. in. Yeah, That's depressing. Yeah, well, he said that. He thought, but but he said the extras that the whole dream sequence that was cut on the Thor sequence, which doesn't make any make sense at all in the movie, sense. it would make a lot more Wouldn't sense. Make... And he's going to put the Loki Loki scenes back in the, the as well. So maybe he'll add. Yeah. Some of that backing because we did miss Tom Hiddleston quite a bit in this movie. Even though I'm not a huge yeah. fan of him in the Avengers movie itself, I thought they kind of whitewashed his character quite a bit. We want to talk about underdevelopment, uh, but but in well, the first Thor movie, he's question. brilliant. But yeah. <laughs> Vision needs more fleshing too. Um, I do want to say <laughs> yeah. there's one female positive role before we drop off this here that people keep forgetting, and I read this today too. There is a woman of color and main character in 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 uh, Age of Ultron, and people seem to be ignoring this character and going straight for Natasha. Mm-hmm. But um, there's yep. a what is her name? I can't not Haley Atwell. No, even though she's awesome too. Um, no, no. What, what is she? She plays the doctor in in Japan, in Korea, right? What's her name? Right. Uh, what is her name? Chan Woo Lim, Doctor Cho. That's her name, Doctor Cho, right? Or and uh, she she's the main main like her character Claudia Kim that's her name sorry I had to find her <laughs> her name but she is a main character in the role she's got she she passes mm-hmm. the special test in the movie because she talks to a woman about science uh, you know and uh, you know and, and and people are ignoring that there's this other character there that's almost as much as a participant as some of the other side characters. And if it wasn't for her character, none of the plot device could move forward. So uh, I don't think there's I, – I think there's a lot of great women characters in the new Avengers movie. You just have to I think not be so Scarlet Witch comes off really well, too, by the end of it. Yeah, I also think she stares into space a little bit too much. And yeah. <laughs> she's doing that for yeah, two yeah. movies now where you have Elizabeth Olsen yeah. staring at something going, oh, my God. Like she did that all through Godzilla too. <laughs> you know? right. so we need to we need to give her more material because she can handle it. But obviously they need Godzilla. I agree with you both. I think time. I think so too. Absolutely, she will. So uh, and I love and I loved her design and 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 uh, I like to see. I, mm-hmm. I'm all about sexy witches, as you know, and Scarlet Witch is definitely <laughs> a sexy witch. So. Yep. Um, well, I want to – we're we're up. It is 9.58 now. We're going to run a little over because I want to go over some uh, community calendar things. There's a lot. It's May. It's busy for us geeks here. Um, so, um, it, Aaron and uh, Paul, you're welcome to stay for this segment. It won't be that long if you want to talk about it. Or you can go now, and I will miss you dearly, and you can call back any time. It's up to you. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for thank you for having me. That That was great. I loved it. You guys oh, are and awesome we'll have to some listen more to talk. and talk to. I had a lot of that, so that hour sped back. 
It was fast. It was a very fast hour, and I really appreciate that. And Aaron, you're going to come on more often because you're my crime, you're my conventioneering partner in crime. So uh, I'm going to have you on no, a lot more. And Paul, you're welcome much. to come on at any time and talk horror or or horror comic books because we are definitely going to be talking horror, especially next week. I have a big announcement. That's why we're going to run a little oh, cool. bit over tonight. Really, really big announcement, and at least for me because this is only our third show. And I want to say thank you again for all the support everybody's been giving me. I've been asking people to be on the show, and everybody said yes, almost everybody. And, you guys um, are doing great. And, uh, thank you. Yeah, and Jamie, uh, oh, yeah, my girls are great, and I love them. Thank you, Jenny, and thank you, Queen, ah, again sure. for agreeing to do this. So I'm going to put on my um, music, my uh, segment of my imagination community college, community calendar music. And we're going to go right into it. So here we go. Thank you for the Marvel Comics talk. All right, here we go. This is my favorite, probably my favorite single ambient piece ever written, if it'll work. Somebody dropped. Who dropped? Oh, Paul, thank you for calling. Oh, All right, there we go. So, all right, first of all, I wanted to talk about my Netflix pick of the week. It's not genre, but I wanted to mention it because it's a fantastic film for a low-budget movie. And it's, it's streaming on Netflix. It's called Fruitvale Station. Uh, it's about uh, Oscar Grant, who was a, uh, um, a gentleman of color who was killed New Year's Eve night, a uh, New Year's night in the Fruitvale Bark Station in Oakland, California. It's 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 really just a very tame movie. There's not a lot to it, uh, but it was, it was first of all, it was independent funds, uh, first-time director, a student director, and a female cinematographer who shot in 16 millimeters. So it it's actually a great film. Is, great film. It's gorgeous. It's very sad. Very, very sad. Um, but I highly recommend streaming Fruitvale Station. It's on Netflix. So... Um, so I wanted to mention that. So that's my Netflix pick of the week. I also wanted to give a happy birthday shout-out, and Paul will also agree, appreciate this, too. Today is the 10th anniversary of the viral video, Leroy Jenkins. And, and um, I don't know if you guys remember what Leroy Jenkins is. Do you remember? All right, no. I'll no. on my Facebook page. Oh, my God, you'll love it. Okay, World of Warcraft. And this is talking about in the 90s, beginning of, of viral videos. It's really, it, it, it's funnier than it is to explain, but it's a bunch of guys talking in Warcraft, getting ready to do this big epic battle. And Leroy Jenkins is one of the players. And clearly she went to another room and got food. And so they're doing this elaborate talk. And he comes back in and he goes, Leroy Jenkins! And runs right in <laughs> and blows everything that they're doing. And they just, they go, he ran in. Oh, go, 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 go! Do a kiss on the plan! Oh! Leroy Jenkins, you moron! God damn it, Leroy! And he comes back with, well, at least I got chicken. <laughs> so, I, you know, so I will have that on my Facebook wall and on Archivist Bedbox Sexy Witch's Facebook page. So highly recommend looking at the original, the original video videos. Leroy Jenkins, happy 10th anniversary to that. Uh, in the theaters, of course. What is the big film, guys? Age of Ultron. Huh? Age of Ultron. No, this weekend is Mad Max Fury Road. That's my pick of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. 
Yeah, so in the theaters, if you're not doing the thing, you're the, you know, if you're not doing anything this weekend, go to the theater. Oh, Aaron, did we lose you? Thank you for coming, Aaron. Oh, who did we lose? We lost somebody. 304. I think I lost Jenny. You can't get rid of me. Jenny, come back. Oh, well, I'm glad you're still here, Penny. Um, Oh, she's back. Let me get her back on. Girlie, you just hear Where'd she go? I don't know what happened. Oh, um, you're gone, but now you're back. Yeah, you're here. Yeah, sorry. So we're bad. So Mad Max Fury Road is the pick of the is the geek's pick of the week. I I don't know any geek that isn't excited for this movie. So uh, go see Mad Max Fury Road in the, uh, the theaters. And on May 22nd, another film comes into the theaters that's super horror geeky, and that is ultimately Human Centipede 3 comes out. It'll be on VOD, yeah. and it'll be on... <laughs> Uh, in the theater. Why would I have that as a pick of the week? Um, that is because, and here's the big plug. First of all, I want to say thank you to Jamie Duval. He'll be our guest on our next show on the 26th. Um, he is the host of Movie Geeks United, which is one of our older podcasts from the Geek Group. And they've been amazing. They are one of the number one podcasts of their kind in the country now. We are so proud of them. And um, he is going to bring along an interview with the one and only director of Human Centipede, Tom Six. So we all have our first celebrity interview on the 26th, and it will be Tom Six himself from the Human Centipede 3. So I can't wait for that. That that episode is going to be so much fun. It is called My Rebakes, Reboots, and Sequels. And it's going to be a lighthearted show. We're going to actually play, I've ripped it off right from our stern. We're going to play a version of Fuck It, Marry It, and um, Fuck It, Marry It, and Kill It with upcoming sequels, reboots, and remakes coming out in the next few years. We're going to talk about, there's a shit ton of them coming out too. So that's all going to be on the 26th with our first interview, and we're going to talk about sequels and reboots and remakes. So it'll be a definitely a fun episode. Um, moving on, there's a tour started today, and um, concert tour Weird Al Yankovic started, and um, he's uh, going to be touring with his mandatory fun album, which is the number one comedy record in the world. Uh, pretty amazing after all these years that he can still like surprise us all with a great record. And I have tickets. I'm going on the 12th, so I will talk oh, about Rudy Yankovic on the show on June 12th. So we're looking forward to that. Um, convention pick of the week is Spooky Empire in Orlando, Florida. I have a few geeks going to be down there for that, and I have a really good lineup as always, including Brad Dwarf, Tom Garrett, Veronica Cartwright, and Robert Kurtzman. Uh, go to their Facebook page or go to their official website to look the whole list up. My my daughter's really into Monster High now, which I'm okay with. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm okay with it. The Dracolore is going to be there. So that's really exciting. <laughs> so, And last but not least, um, for the period calendar in Dixon, California, one of my side loves is pinball, and they're having their big 19th annual pinball go-go pinball show, which is, like, insane. You play a fat rate, there's over 100 pinball machines, and you go in, and they're all on free play, and you can tournaments of all ages, so kids tournaments up to adults. And if you're in, Dixon, in the region of Dixon, California, go play pinball. It is so much fun. I think it's 40 bucks for the whole weekend, so it's a great deal. So we've come to the end of the show, but I do have one more thing to plug, and it's very important because both of my girls are involved with this, and Erin, you will be too. Guess what happens next Friday? It's Madness Theme Post. Dun, dun, dun. 
one. So oh, as some people Friday know, is what's the date? Uh, the twenty second. It's no, I'm sorry, the twenty no, first. The twenty first. Yeah, I meant Thursday, the twenty first. Ah, I almost stuck it. Oh, okay. Time. No, it's 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 seven p.m. Five twenty one. <laughs> oh well, happy birthday! <laughs> that's awesome. But um, uh, no, it's the twenty first. That's right. You have my mother's birthday. I keep forgetting that. Um, so um, no, uh, the Madness show, Mad, the Halloween horror movie marathon. Madness is my baby. I've been doing it for now eight years, and uh, it's a film competition. I won't talk about it as much on on this podcast, but I am going to go into it in detail on my sister fellow podcast with Eric Eric. Um, Eric Polk and Rhonda Couture, Dollar Bin Horror Radio, on Thursday the 21st. And we'll talk about the theme and what what it's going to detail this year. And it's going to be a very dark year for the madness. The madness itself starts in October (laughs) and runs that whole month. So it's the fiercest film watching competition on Facebook. So if you're curious about that, go to the group Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness. And... um, Try, you might want to PM me, too, because I have a huge queue of people who are trying to get in, and I never can get through them. So if you really want to get in, join PM us. one of us sexy witches or, and join us, and we will put you on the list. From that group, we pick about 35 to 40 people who compete actively against each other to see who can reign supreme watching horror films. So it's a lot of fun. So we're through. Right. We got through all of the community calendars, and I want to thank – Aaron and I want to thank Paul again for joining us with the Sexy Witches. We really, yes, thank really you. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much. Thank you, and Aaron, thank I want you to want more. Yes, and and um, you know it was a lot of fun to talk Marvel with you. And uh, thank you again, Jenny and Queenie, and my Sexy Witches. You can find them on their Facebook pages in our groups. Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, the SB Film Geek Circle, and our science fiction group, Rogues of Tashi Station, which we are covering all things Star Wars, from rumor to real. Uh, so, uh, you know, join any of those groups if you want to talk geek with us in between shows. Once again, we'll return on the 26th for our ex- special extended episodes on remakes, reboots, and sequels, and our special interview with Tom Six of The Human Centipede. Nice to have a controversial person as our first celebrity interview. Once again, thanks to Jamie Duvall of Movie Geeks United for bringing that interview to us. So thank you again, guys, and I hope you have a great two weeks and enjoy the weather. It's, gonna, it's gorgeous out there. Thank you again. Have a good evening, and God, goodwill hunting, and blessed be to everyone. Good night. Blessed be. Good night. Good night.